Hey everyone, welcome to This Lesbian Ship is Intense. I'm Katie. And I'm V. And we are back to wrap up Betty on HBO because, you know, quarantine and coronavirus is just really kicking our ass. I mean, I assume it's kicking everyone's ass. <laughs> I don't know who's thriving in this, but good for you. Yeah, I'm assuming no one's really judging us for not being great at keeping up a schedule, but it's like times are tough, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but we're here and we're going to talk about um, Betty episodes five and six. So that's exciting. So we'll start off with episode five. It's called Persephone by Naima Ramos Chapman and Veronica Rodriguez. We start off with Kurt in a pet store high as fuck (laughs) off of shrooms. Um, she's like clearly tripping and she sees a rat and decides to name them Persephone, which I just truly love that name. Uh, yeah, I love it. I don't know if Kurt decided to mash up two names intentionally or her like stoned ass was trying to say Persephone and it just came out as Persephone. So that was great for me. I feel like legitimately... Kurt thinks that Persephone is Persephone. Like, <laughs> that's how that. I that's how I chose to interpret that. Um, I mean, I love the name. I'm just like, can I get another cat and name her Persephone? <laughs> I know. I was like, what other animal could I get to name Persephone? But I don't really want the commitment. Like me and my dog are doing just fine. However, I'm like, maybe a fish. I think a fish could really work with the name Persephone. I'm just thinking, like, you could get a fish and it could be our our mascot and name Persephone and we could just post photos of your fish. <laughs> We're getting yeah, Persephone purely for publicity purposes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we moved to Jidnay talking with Indigo and Honey Bear and she's talking about what she's just really learned about Donald in the previous episode um, and how she's starting to contemplate things and how the things that are being said about Donald now she experienced um, but she didn't say anything because they just started dating when it happened and she didn't think she didn't want things to go badly And now she's starting to blame herself for not saying anything because she thinks maybe she could have prevented what happened to her from happening to someone else. And um, Indigo and Honey Bear are being great friends here and say that it's not her fault. She couldn't have known what he was going to do to other people. It's not her responsibility. Um, And Honey Bear says that maybe you could say something to him now. Yeah, I really felt for Janae because it's so many complex emotions. I mean, she is having to reprocess something that happened to her that she had in her mind understood to be one thing and is now having to re-understand that situation. And then the implications of her actions or inactions um, from there forward and how that affects other people and taking on responsibility when at the end of the day, it's Donald. Like, Donald shouldn't have done shit. Um, So I really appreciated her friends being supportive and not, like, necessarily diminishing um, her feelings, but also saying, 
basically we can't change the past, but you can move forward and saying like, you can talk to Donald about this now. And I think that that's empowering, uh, terrifying, but empowering. And so I appreciated her having her girls there. I've talked a lot with people and it's so hard to piece things like this together when it's just you and that other person. Mm -hmm. And because situations like this aren't necessarily clear cut to you in the moment because you have all of these other things infiltrating your perception, right? Like you're interested in this person. You really want to date them. You're thinking about how fun things could be in the future. And like, there's all these things when you first are dating someone or you're first into someone that are running through your head that really make it hard to process and sometimes it takes talking to an outsider to really be able to understand what happened to you. Yeah. Even if you weren't comfortable with it and you didn't like it and you didn't want this to happen, like to be able to verbally process it is different. And I think it it really helped Janae to talk to someone that she wasn't really friends with. Mm -hmm. that experience it too for her to be able to put it in perspective for herself um and i think that helps a lot of people uh be able to really understand what happened because even if you tell a friend they are looking at it into in a perspective of what's best for you and looking out for you and everything that you've told them and an outsider really is just trying to give you an objective understanding of what happened. Yeah. I mean, just by, by being an outsider, um, they're less biased than someone who is a friend who in, I think in most situations as your friend is going to align with you. And then I just really liked the montage after this conversation of the three of them, because it really shows their bond and connection after a serious moment. And I really like how they throw the montages of like the skating in in situations like this because it like elevates relationships without doing a lot of work. Mm -hmm. So like the next time you see them, you can see that they've grown closer. And then we run into Camille and some other dude, I don't know his name, at the tea place. And Camille thinks Indigo for bailing her out and Bambi shows up and it's like oh all like hey jailbirds and Janae calls his ass out for not bailing out Camille I have to say this is probably like my favorite fucking scene of the show I love this scene <laughs> I love to see an asshole dude call out on their shit yes like, it was so good <laughs> and I, he like ditches and his feelings are all hurt and I'm like fuck you Bambi you're such a baby you can't even play along when they're not even being that mean to you they're just joking around like I mean don't fucking like pull rude ass shit like that if you can't deal with being called out like you're the one who fucking said, hey, I'll come get you, and then didn't show. Like, she should be pissed at you. So you're going to get offended that they're, like, calling you out because you did what you did? Okay. We start to see kind of the turn of Camille here. Like, she's still trying to play nice with Bambi and everything, but she's also having a small moment of appreciation for the sisterhood that she could have. And then Indigo tells the girls that she has to go to a modeling job. 
Indigo has to make up that 3K that she just spent on all these gems. <laughs> on everyone that she stole feel. from her mother. Like, I'm so stressed out for Indigo. I'm like, yeah, you should be using this money to pay your mother back. Oh, man. She got a drug debt, Katie. She's got to pay her drug debt off. And Camille tries to hang out with Bambi, but he's a grade-A dick and blows her off and won't even look at her. And Camille's like, are you mad at me? And he's being such a baby and is like, why would I be mad at you? Like, fuck off, Bambi, with your mind games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate that shit. It's like that. I was like, is that an appropriate use of the term gaslighting? Like, I mean, like, he's like, he's like, no, I'm not mad. Like, he's she's treating her like it's all in her head. It's like, no, you are acting really cold right now. Like, don't I fucking think this act is, like this is not a change. Yeah, I think this is pretty much gaslighting. And then we jump to uh, Kurt in the park with Persephone in the grass. And I'm like, did she pay for Persephone or did she steal <laughs> Persephone? <laughs> I didn't, even, I, I didn't even think about that. Um, and Philip and some other dudes show up and they're like, wow, we really need to be on your level, Kurt. And so she shares the shrooms and shares the love. Yeah, she doesn't have her friends anymore. So she's like, here are new friends. Here are my apology. Um, here are my apology get- shrooms. Or not weed. Shrooms baggies. Yeah. And then, and she names them each for her friends. She's like, you can be Janae, and you can be Honey Bear, and you can be Indigo. But I love how they're like, where did you find the rat? And she goes, she found me. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me think of Harry Potter. It's like, the wand chooses the wizard. Um, Persephone chooses the Kurt. Yeah. (laughs) It's meant to be. Um, and then we just uh, see Indigo at the photo shoot with a uh, challenging photographer. And you get the sense this is not going to go well. That, I was like, I don't remember how they intercut the scenes. But, like, I just remember Indigo, this fucking photo shoot where I was like, Okay, do you remember how earlier you said that with Janae, like, processing the situation in isolation where it's, like, there are so many other factors which contribute to it that make you not really certain of the situation? And it made me think about racism because I know in my own life there are things that happen and I and I pause and I'm like, is that racist or am I reading into a situation? Um, and I'm confused and it takes me a second to, like, figure out how I feel about a situation or, like, what's happening. And so, like, I think as I was watching this, I was like, is this some fucked up racist shit that's happening in this photo shoot? And, like, it took me a minute to, like, I, I think it did because I can't remember exactly how it went. But, um, yeah, it was a very infuriating photo shoot. And I loved how Indigo dealt with it. I think it's almost intentionally that way because at first you're not sure if they're trying to, like, play it up for comedic value and it's not going to be racist. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, like, a social commentary thing. Mm-hmm. So you're in that weird state of like, is this going to turn and be like more social commentary or is this like fucked up shit that's happening, you know? Yeah. And the fir- only in the first introduction to it, after you get past the first introduction, then you're like, this is some fucked up <laughs> shit. Yeah. Uh, but I-, I get that. I'm just like, oh, I'm feeling not great for Indigo right now. Because also, it, it can be, like, a difficult position to be put in when you really need money. Mm-hmm. 
Indigo has like boundaries in her life that she doesn't really like to to cross. But they see her towing with things a lot, and you you see the type of person Indigo is. So I really like how they explored that in her storyline. Then we jump to Ash and Honey Bear being like super flirty and they're playing this like slap game and Honey Bear talks about how she randomly does different challenges for herself. Like she's just challenging herself to be a vegetarian for a year. I like that Honey Bear always tries to like push herself to do something different. That takes a lot of courage as a person, I feel like. I'm um, really fascinated by that. I'm real. I'm so intrigued. Like, I want to know Honey Bear's backstory. I want to know her family dynamic. I want to know what has created this person and what the entice, like, what appeals to these challenges. Like, I have so much psychological, yes. like, assessment that I want to do I'm on her. so <laughs> interested in Honey Bear. Honey Bear is, like such an interesting character creation because she's entirely unique. She's very mysterious to the viewer, but you still get to know her a lot. You know what I mean? Like, it's Mm -hmm. not like she's mysterious because they're not telling you about her, but she's so interesting that she's still mysterious a little bit. And you want to know what like drives her and motivates her. And we still don't get that much into it. This, uh season we only like scratch the surface of it so i'm super fascinated by her and ash is trying to like flirt with her and get her into bed but honey bear is a little bit like unsure i guess uh so then she just ends up massaging her on the floor which leads <laughs> to kissing so what? <laughs> ash is not going to give up she's committed uh it was cute was Ash on the bed, um, like yeah. laying down with like her feet? I don't. I just think that's like the cutest fucking way to like be hanging out is like like laying on a bed with your like feet kind of in the air. Like I just think it's mm-hmm. so fresh. Um, and so them just like being together and then them kissing on the floor. I don't know. I just thought it was cute as shit. A lot of times they just, especially with Ash and Honey Bear, they just do like voiceovers over their interactions. Mm-hmm. So. they really make use of like short episodes in a short season so they're able to show a lot of progression in a character's journey without having to do so many scenes for you to be able to see it and it's really intelligent so they really like build up their connection very well in a very short amount of time so Janae confronts Donald And she talks about how she believes her, how the same thing happened when they were together. And Donald is playing stupid and is saying she's crazy and she doesn't know what she's talking about. And Janae says initially she was so mad because she hated that this brought her own shit up. And Donald's like, you said it yourself. We were dating. And he says, dude's cop a feel. I'm not a rapist, dude. I legitimately, after this conversation, went and I talked to my wife about this. And I was like, how long are you dating someone? And like, and it just turned into this like bigger conversation, which is, and I hate this because what he's saying is not so blatantly, obviously wrong, you know, like that's, that's like the manipulation. And it's like, yes, when you're dating someone 
for a certain period of time and you've consented to some type of like intimate relationship, you no longer necessarily ask or like, you know, uh, assess to the same degree consent because there's this implied consent or you assume that there's this consent. And so, yeah, do you at some point in your relationship like cop a feel without asking um, and do they like it or dislike it? They can they can say. And so like I, I was so irritated by it because what he's saying is something that could fuck someone's mind and say like, well, shit, we were dating. And like when you are dating, you do touch each other. So like, am, am yeah. I overreacting? Like so he's using something that could be applicable in a different situation to this situation to fuck with her mind. And that's like what really irritated me. And I think it led to a really great conversation between my wife and I, because I like talking about these complex like situations and kind of like morally uh, confusing um, situations. And so I was just like, how long do you have to date someone before like, when they just like go and cop a feel like that's like, oh, this is our relationship and not like, what the fuck is this person doing? Um, and I mean, really, at the end of the day, like what Janae said is, how do you say something when you're asleep? Like, yeah. no matter what, like you can't fucking do that when you're asleep. Well, even the whole shit where he's like, you're a strong woman, you would never let someone take advantage of you. And I think it's it's a it's a really good conversation. It's one of the better conversations about sexual assault i've seen on television and you know this is really hard for people to break down and understand and Mm -hmm. uh, um i usually try to to talk to people about like each specific moment that they went through and what their that personal expectation was in that scenario whether they voiced it or not to live in that person's feelings each moment Mm -hmm. because that is the truth Mm -hmm. the feelings that you have in each moment when is a quote-unquote dubious situation is happening is the truth and what all of the words flying around you are saying does not matter. Your personal experience is the truth. And sometimes you need to break it down like piece by piece like that to fully understand when you have a lot of things trying to throw you off coming at you. Because, you know, she's like, we were so young when it happened. And then he says, you know, so was I. We're best friends. And I think this is... such a heartbreaking conversation and Mm -hmm. truly real because people you love do bad things and they can even do bad things to you and it's not as black and white to move on as a lot of people want it to be even as uh even for Janae I think like Mm -hmm. Here, I mean, I think we're starting to see a progression of her, like, reevaluating this relationship. But she's not able to just, like, end the relationship with Donald right here. She, you know, they even leave you wondering if she's falling victim to his manipulation here. Uh, Which I don't think she is. I think she's just having to process this conversation because it was a lot. But, um it's not it's not so easy to have these conversations and stand up for yourself um and i i really thought it was a a great depiction of reality yeah i think i think it was a really great conversation as as much as it infuriated me what donald was saying i was Mm -hmm. really glad to have him say it because like that's someone who's a good manipulator that's that's that kind of shit like Mm -hmm. it's like 
any any little piece of uncertainty they're going to fucking find and exploit for themselves. And how aware Donald is of his um, exploitative, manipulative nature, I don't know. Um, I don't know how much he believes that he's a good guy. Um, but uh, with regards to the whole, like, you're a strong woman, you wouldn't let this happen, it really pisses me off because it puts Janae in this position of saying no, I'm not a strong woman, which is probably an opposition of how she views herself. Or she has to say, yes, I am in fact a strong woman and therefore I must have wanted it like he said I did because I'm a strong woman. Wouldn't I have stopped it if it wasn't okay? Like she's fucked if she does, if she doesn't. Like no matter what, she's wrong in this manipulative manner of speaking. Well, and I think it's something a manipulator knows. Like especially if um, they're playing into that strong woman mindset, she's alone. So, and you're playing into that thing where, you know, sometimes being strong means having people behind you. Um, But when you're kind of backed into a corner, per se, and you feel by yourself, it can, you could feel really in conflict with yourself about being strong sometimes. Mm -hmm. Whereas, um, you know, maybe if she had uh, one of her friends there, it would have been easier for her to challenge that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Which does not, I'm not, I hope it doesn't come across like that's taken away from her strength. But it it is hard to maintain confidence when you're in a vulnerable situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so manipulators are so great at that, to playing into your insecurities and to playing into your strength. Mm-hmm. Um so that was just a really great conversation. I am curious. Do you think that Donald knows he's a piece of shit and that he is manipulating in a very intentional um, no. way versus I don't like, think. Yeah, I don't think. I think what the show is trying to show you through these next couple episodes is that he doesn't look like a piece of shit on the outside to very many people. And he is a constant manipulator in his, his like, daily life type of a thing. Um, like, I think you start to see in their conversations how he always is trying to manipulate Janae to, like, his side of things. And I imagine that happens, like, very casually in his regular interactions with her, too. Which mm-hmm. Janae probably started to put into perspective as things went on. But I also don't think the show is wanting him to come across as blatantly evil Mm -hmm. because it's not a black and white situation for most people where the person that does something bad to them, the survivor looks at them as being evil. A lot of I mean, sometimes they do, but a lot of times they view them as a person who has really hurt them and traumatized them, but also can be good too. Mm-hmm. Um, which of course makes it harder because it, it makes it harder to categorize that person in your mind. So I think they're really playing into that complexity. Like people that are abusers are not always a hundred percent evil to you as an outsider. It's very easy for me to be like, fuck Donald, like, yeah. but, you know, I don't know Donald's history, I don't know anything about Donald, I don't know about Donald's relationships, I don't know about Donald's family, like, you know, when you know a person, it really changes how you view them, good and bad, 
so I really like that the show is diving into that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think that Donald is, um, I don't think that he understands truly what a shitty person he is through what he's doing. I, I don't think that he's given himself enough analysis or like self-reflection for that. I um, mean, I do like the way that the show is doing this where it's not like an obvious villain, you know, like right. it's, it's like this is the person who does shit to you in, in your life. Like this is who it really is. And then we jump to the park, uh, to the 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 uh, shroom fest, um, and Philip makes a comment about a woman sunbathing who is past her prime. And then Kurt takes this moment to educate these dudes about respecting women. And then she's, but she's also high as fuck right now. So she's like, "You love your moms, right? And your aunties." And Persephone is a female, and you love them, right? <laughs> and then she it's goes, so beautiful. <laughs> if you love the vagina, you gotta love the heart too. You don't need to be regulating her. And then she like rallies the guys to support <laughs> this woman sunbathing, um, and connects with the guys. But also, I just really enjoyed this conversation. Um, number one, that Kurt doesn't just like go along with the being dicks to women. Like she mm -hmm. really stands up for women. But also, like I have conversations. Not my friend. I don't have any guy friends that are rude about women, <laughs> but they don't understand the sexism that women face every day. So when things happen, I tend to have a lot of conversations with my like two straight guy friends about. <laughs> um, you know, sexism that women face and they, you know, are good people. So they really like to understand and learn and figure things out. But um, it just kind of gives me that uh, vibe, I guess. So it mm -hmm. made me very happy because, you know, I think you can. And I really like to see conversations with guys uh, where they're a little bit more vulnerable, I guess, and like learning and you don't really get to see that too often because I have vulnerable conversations with my, like, straight dude friends all the time. You know, we need to promote being vulnerable and having, like, conversations that are with, like, a pack of dudes. And mm -hmm. I really like that they kind of show layers to uh, men in this episode without them being the focus you know, yeah. that's what I like to see. Layered men that are secondary characters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I support that. <laughs> um, so we go to Indigo back at the photo shoot. And she's really getting upset about what's going on. She's like, this cultural appropriation is not okay. And... She looks at another model and she's like, how are you okay with this? And the model's like, I'll do anything for 2K. And there are a lot of people that will. I don't know their circumstances, so I don't know if I could judge them or not. Yeah, this is like what is so complex for me because, oh God, when you're in a fucking bind when it comes to money, that question of kind of breaking your personal rules around what you think is right and okay 
It's so, it's just, it is, it's really complex. And it makes me think about some conversations I used to have with people in the past where they're like, I would never do X, Y, and Z, which is illegal. And I'm like, when you're trying to fucking feed your family and fucking survive, you're not going to do that shit. You're just going to let yourself die. Okay. And I think that's stupid. I think it's really easy to look at a situation and say like, well, that's quote unquote wrong. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. But lives are complex and situations are complex. And like right now, Indigo owes 3K. And, like, I could, I can only imagine the struggle of, like, do I compromise myself? Because at the end of the day, I'm getting something out of it. Um, and I know that it doesn't truly align with me. Or this is just too, this is too much. This is too far. Um, and Indigo chose that it was too much and too far. And I think that I would have, I think that I would have done the same. Also, honestly, like, um, I just... Also, Indigo has grown up very privileged. So, I mean, yeah, she has to face some consequences later on. But in this moment, she's had a very secure upbringing. So she's maybe in a position where she can have enough and say no. You know, and to just, like, wrap the whole, like, storyline up with this. Like, it gets really fucked up with with the photographer starts saying during the photo shoot he's like you're your hood you're nasty you have no privilege you're poor you want your food stamps and yeah like, I, like, I can't remember what he said but i know that he fucking said something about like like food stamps and like poverty and i was just like fuck you dude Ugh. and then it just gets keeps getting progressively worse and like he does this like the tongue pop thing and then he's like oh yeah you want to escape to freedom and that is like the final straw with Indigo. And she says, fuck this and leaves with the nice ass coat that she was wearing. But, you know, a part of me, because I have no idea about like the uh, fashion industry, but I know that it's pretty racist. And like a lot of like fashion brands have had issues with racism and like cultural appropriation. But I'm like, is this how it actually is? It is so fucked up. I was so uncomfortable watching this for Indigo. I was like, oh my god. You know, I think that you and I work in fields where it's just like we cannot fathom something like this. So I honestly have no idea. Like this is like I cannot, I cannot process this and believe that this exists. But also, yeah, it probably does. Um, and I just think that you made a really great point about Indigo coming from a place of privilege because she does. So she, yeah, she owes a 3K uh, drug debt and like what's worst case scenario. So yeah, maybe this guy comes for Farouk, maybe they come for Indigo, but at the end of the day, is her mom really not going to pay that 3K to like make sure her daughter's safe? Probably not. You know, like, is she going to put like argue about that shit for a while? Yeah, possibly. But once she sees that her daughter's in like serious imminent harm and she has the ability to resolve that, probably going to. So yeah, she has the ability to walk away and not everyone yes they technically do have the ability to walk away but when you're weighing out your options sometimes this feels like you know quote unquote the better option or what you need to do so I really appreciated them showing that and I'm also glad that Indigo decided to leave because I was like I don't know how much more of this like (laughs) that we can watch it was painful yeah so anyway I hope now at least because this show was uh, presumably shot before the latest uh, Black Lives Matter movement. So I hope many of these industries that are this fucked up are starting to see some changes in how they treat people. 
uh, a lot of things I think is uh, our like companies are doing like face value shit to like maintain reputations without doing changes. But I hope like the employees are able to like come together and get the respect they deserve. Back to uh, Camille. She confronts Bambi and he's being a dick and belittles her. And she gets upset and he's like, why do chicks always do this? Why are you crying right now? And she's just like, what did I do? Why are you treating me so horribly? And he just blows her off and tells her to stop acting like a third grader. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You can't communicate anything like your friends. Supposedly, even if you're friends with someone, you owe them to tell them why you're mad at them. Yeah, I hate that shit. Like, he completely turns it around on her. One, it's like, no, you're imagining this. When we all fucking know she's not imagining it, he is acting different. Then he's like, you're overly sensitive and you're crying. And now I'm leaving. And just like, God, I can feel, like, I can feel for Camille what she must be going through. And it pisses me off. And I'm just glad that this happened so she can see him for what a piece of shit that he is and move on and develop um, appropriate and healthy friendships through her ladies, hopefully. Yes. To support her for the future. Yeah, and we go to this uh, conversation where she's, like, sad at the park. And the dude that was bitter about her getting attention from Bambi earlier shows up and is like, let me guess, Bambi. And she's like, yeah, he's been a dick to me. And he's like, yeah, he's a dick. And she's like, aren't you friends with him? And he's like, yes, but he's still a dick. He's been doing this forever and he understands how she feels when he he shines that light on you. It feels really good. But when he takes it away, it can feel ice cold. And this is what I t- was talking about with like mid be kind of vulnerable about their feelings. Like, yeah, it applies to friendships too. like, you know, we all know these types of people mm-hmm. that are really magnifying that draw you into them you're really fascinated by and it seems to be the case with everybody but that doesn't necessarily mean they're a good person Mm -hmm. um and they can treat people pretty bad sometimes and you keep you could keep wanting to go back to that even if it's not necessarily healthy for you and um it was i really enjoyed getting his perspective Yeah, I really loved him sharing that because it when I heard him sharing that, I kind of thought that maybe he'd experienced that himself with Bambi, where maybe in their friendship, Bambi um, really cared about him. And while they're still friends, he doesn't necessarily shine that light on him in the way that he did in the past. And I appreciated it because I think that you can very much view it as like a romantic kind of like fixation of attention and withdrawal of attention. But really, it can also happen within a platonic friendship. Like, it's just that kind of personality. Um, And so I really enjoyed him sharing that with Camille. Um, And I think made me kind of like understand him a little bit more from some of his earlier interactions. So I liked it. Yeah. Um, And then we have Ash walking Honey Bear to the Staten Island Ferry and they kiss again. But Honey Bear sees her dad and freaks out and is like, we need to leave and Ash is like, no, let's go say hi to your dad. And I'm like, uh, you're not picking up on this very well, Ash. <laughs> uh, but Honey Bear's like, no, 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 no. We cannot do that. And then Ash is like, oh, you must not be out. And then the Honey Bear 
kind of flips a switch in her demeanor and she's like i don't do labels there's no in and out and ash is like what do you mean there's no in and out we're hiding from your father right now mm-hmm. and honey bear gets a little bit cold and says just because we hooked up doesn't mean we need to process right now and ash is like that's mean <laughs> um and she's like she just wants to talk about it she knows it's hard and awkward and honey bear says she doesn't want to do this anymore and straight leaves ash at the station and she's crying uh honey bears cry we see her crying after but this was like a hard conversation to watch because i really sympathize with both of them mm-hmm. yeah i agree i was like so aggravated because of so oh god i'm like i feel for honey bear because while i still don't understand what's like her family background and like all this shit like i can tell that she is freaked out and so she's shutting down so she's just like i can't like my dad can't see this i don't want to process it. i don't want to talk about it you're talking about it too much it's easier to just be like done by like let end this um but i'm also infuriated with her because i'm just like honey bear you don't have to be like a fucking ass like y'all just fucking hooked up this girl's clearly into you she doesn't understand so also your interactions were not like oh we're just like casually hooking Mm -hmm. up it was like pretty like intimate intimate you like it wasn't like oh we're just like having fun type of a hangout i didn't just meet you at a bar and we're hooking up in a stall (laughs) yeah exactly so like it's a little harsh there Uh, um so ash is definitely justified for being upset and even though she was like slow to catch on to what was happening it didn't seem like she wasn't open to understanding honey bear's like perspective like she wasn't really trying to push her Mm -hmm. or anything she just wanted to understand what was happening yeah and honey bear i think it's i i'm so curious about her but um, I think it's pretty common for people to feel like they just, uh, at least culturally, they have to have two separate lives. Like, and they, they both are who they are. A person they are with their family and a person they are in the world outside of their family. And it seems like that's the reality Honey Bear has to live in. I'm so curious to see that expanded upon but this is clearly the first time Honey Bear is having to deal with the fact that both of those worlds are at odds with each other. So she doesn't know how to weave those two things together. So I'm very curious to see how that might get addressed moving forward. Because Honey Bear, she's, it seems to be like very open and out there, but she's also like, very hesitant about really anything progressing romantically still. So I, I'm really curious to see what's at play there. But it was a very hard conversation to watch. And they're both really talented and have a lot of chemistry. Like, uh, they even had good chemistry in, like, their fight. Like, you could see how much it was hurting both of them. And, you know... An emotional moment. Always get me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the angst. <laughs> we love a little angst, okay? So then we jump to Janae deleting her and Donald's YouTube channel, which I really like that was incorporated in this episode. So even though we haven't seen a complete like conclusion to the Donald-Janae thing, 
we're still able to feel secure on the journey that Janae is taking. Like he didn't completely manipulate her after that last conversation. Yeah. Um, and she meets Janae meets up with the girls and they're talking about some serious shit and having a conversation about what harassment is, how they feel about cat calling. You know, they're like, yeah, cat calling sucks, but, you know, I'm not about to meet to a rando for that, which I thought was a really interesting conversation to have about how to deal with, like, random people harassing you because there's, like, really not a good way to hold just random people being a piece of shit accountable, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it shouldn't be acceptable either in society, so it's kind of, like, a mixed situation. Oh, you know what infuriates me? is like, whenever I've experienced men doing things to me that make me uncomfortable, whether a rando stranger or someone that I personally know, which unfortunately it's happened in both ways, I always want to make them feel how they have made me feel. But for the life of me, I cannot figure out how to make them feel that feeling. And I don't think that I ever can because at the end of the day, they're men in a men's world and they'll never feel the feeling that a woman feels when they're treated the way that they are. You know, I don't get this a lot because I feel like I really tried to put out strong lesbian energy. (laughs) So when it happens to me, I get very, very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I feel like what happens to me the most is I'll just be, like, walking my dog. Mm -hmm. And then, like, most of the time, you see other people walking around the neighborhood or walking their dog. It's just like a, hi, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. We have cute dogs. The end. You're friendly with your neighbors. And so, like, I always approach conversations like that. But sometimes a guy will start, like, walking with me in the same direction. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, please stop doing that. I'm very uncomfortable right now then. Yeah. Because now you're going to know where I live. Like, and I'm always, like, trying to, like, blow it off. Because, like, sometimes you don't know if they're just trying to be friends with you or if they're into you at first. You know what I mean? And then they'll start being like, oh, like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? And I'm like, (laughs) no, in a relationship, like, I lie about it because I don't want to get into it with a random person. And I don't want to just tell this random dude I've never met before, like, no, I'm gay. Sorry. Like, yeah, no, Mm. (laughs) I feel very unsafe because I live by myself. Like, I don't have anybody to come out and save me. So, you know, it happens like this to every, I think, person that identifies as a woman you know they Mm -hmm. get uncomfortable interactions yeah and there's no way to handle it and it's very frustrating oh god yeah no and like and like because i have such a strong desire for vengeance and justice like all i want is to make the men in my life who've done this to me to feel that but I can't like because of the way the world is set up. There's there's no way that I can make them feel that because the world doesn't function that way for them. Also, it makes me feel so disgusting. Like I feel gross like for a while after that and I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I yeah. hate it. It's some fucking bullshit. So I really and like but why I really like that this conversation took place is because Women talk about this shit all the time together. Mm-hmm. You know, like, as a casual conversation. In the, in on TV, it's always made to be, like, this huge moment. 
Yeah. But no, it's like every day <laughs> of our lives. This is like a normal thing that happens that you just have normal conversations about, you know? And so I really appreciated that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I really appreciated how they do that for, I think, a lot of things in this show is that they don't make it feel as if they were calling attention to a singular issue as in like, this is our special issue episode. And it's like, no, this is existence as a woman. Exactly. And then we just have like a Kurt and the guys at the park who have lost Persephone trying to find her. And then um, they didn't lose Persephone. Persephone ran away. Yeah, that's-, that's what the guy says. Maybe you didn't lose her. Maybe she ran away like you did, Kurt. <laughs> I love it. It's like such high wisdom. <laughs> Oh, God. Because Kurt, like, totally has, like, this, like, entire, like, like, I don't know, like, epiphany or, like, this, like, shift in thinking where she's just like, oh, my God, I'm, like, Persephone is like me. And, like, what is she, um, my notes are too shit for me to, like, I got Persephone got- away like Kurt did. And then I Kurt think apologized. I had a typo, which I would have been able to understand uh, previously, but I'm not sure what it means now. Um, but I think they have, like, um, Kurt's like I'm I get it I know what you mean we're both rats and then the way Philip looks at her and just goes you're a rat (laughs) so funny (laughs) because if if you're high on anything that is a legit conversation that you would fully understand and have a big philosophical moment about even though it's seemingly nothing about a rat but it does the trick, and um, when Kurt is at the park waiting for the girls to show up, she's just, like, looking at rat pictures, like, on her phone, <laughs> which I thought was a really funny touch. Who was looking um, at uh, photos on the phone? Kurt. Kurt? Okay. I don't remember. Go on. But um, Kurt, the girls show up, and Kurt goes, I just wanted to tell you. I'm the rat. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> what do you mean, Kurt? Um, oh, and Kurt kind of walks them through the situation and she says that she fucked up and that she's sorry and she shouldn't have run off and started stuff. And she knows she's a hothead and she needs to do better. And um, I don't think what I really liked about this is like, I don't think it's a perfect apology for what happened, but it's very Kurt. And her friends know her and know that she's, like, genuinely trying and is really sorry and it really wants to do better and understand how bad, like, her actions were. So I thought that was very true to real life. Yeah. Um, and then the girls tell her that she also needs to apologize to Camille, which is one of the reasons why I love, like, themes of sisterhood so much. Because even though Camille isn't necessarily a part of their clique yet, they still want to, like, respect her and treat her right. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, my side note that I wanted to make sure that I pointed out was, have you seen interviews with the actress who plays Kurt? So, like, the way she talks, I'm just like, dude, you sound high all the time. Like, it just, like, amuses me. But that is how she talks all the time. Like, that is her voice. It's not her, like, doing a, a persona for the show. I have not heard any interviews from any of them. So I think that is hilarious that that's her voice. But yeah, you know what? Her voice. <laughs> Maybe she is whole high all the time. <laughs> you know, 
can't blame her these days. Um, <laughs> so that is episode five of Betty. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with episode six. Hi, I'm Jeff. And I'm Will from the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. We're proud to be part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Our show is for avid readers and passionate fans of gay romance fiction. Each week we bring you exclusive author interviews, book recommendations, and explore the latest in gay pop culture. New episodes are available every Monday. You can find us at BigGayFictionPodcast.com and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We hope you'll join us soon. Until then, keep turning those pages and keep reading. And now we're on to episode six called Ladies on Fire by Leslie Arfun. And it is the finale of Betty. So we see Camille skating and she sees a little girl. And Camille asks her if she wants to try skateboarding. And she helps her ride it. And Kurt shows up and she like claps and then... Kurt introduces herself, which I really love about how they interact with this little girl. Um, and and she's giving her actually really helpful advice on how to skate. And they uh, roll up her skirt a little bit so she can move her legs. And it's an all very precious moment that isn't ruined because the little girl's dad shows up and is mad and threatens to call the police at them. And... Um, he they're like oh we're sorry she wanted to and she was having fun and he is still very angry and is like i'm gonna call the cops and tell them that they were touching her which uh really seems like she's from a conservative uh, upbringing yeah i can't remember okay well okay a couple things one i really love the way that kurt explained to her that they were pulling her skirt up so that she could have more uh, mobility in her legs so a simple explanation as to why you're doing what you're doing because like when you're trying to teach your children about safe and unsafe touch like someone pulling up your skirt is kind of like sketch and maybe as a kid she would pick up on that or not but like i appreciated that kurt respected her even as a child to explain her actions and then because of the length of her skirt I also assume some kind of conservative some conservative yeah, background whether religious or not um and um it actually like made me upset because I had an interaction where I saw this little boy alone in a restaurant one day <laughs> and he like and he was like a, like a little kid like in like a in a high seat, high chair, I guess. And he like dropped his napkin or something. So like I went and I picked it up and I gave it to him and I'm like looking around for his adult. And I'm like, where is your adult? Um, And then this woman comes back and like looks at me and she's like, why are you talking to my son? And I was like, oh, he dropped his napkin. So I was getting it for him. And she was like, well, I'm here. And she like got pissed at me for it. And I was like, you're the one who fucking left your child alone in a restaurant. Like, <laughs> so, like obviously you don't know who I am, but like, right. Jesus Christ. Like, I was I'm just trying to give this kid a about this child here by themselves. Yeah. It's, like, it is, we're in a precarious time where, you know, you want to be respectful of other people's kids, but you also are concerned about a child being by themselves because we Mm -hmm. live in a horrible world. So it's like, yeah. So I felt that dad being like, who the fuck is talking to my kid? But I'm also like, your child was alone. And like, they're telling you what they were doing. Like they were telling her how to skateboard. And while you may not like skateboarding, like 
that's not a harmful act. It also felt slightly homophobic in its undertones towards them about touching the child. Like, oh, yeah, like pedophilia homophobia. Like, like trying to target them for that. And I was like, this yeah. is getting out of hand. Relax, sir. Like, <laughs> they were teaching her how to skateboard. I'm very not into this. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like he was deliberately doing that to really, like, fuck with them. And mm-hmm. it was not cool. Yeah. Um, but Camille is super pissed off about it and is, like, fuming. Um, and Kurt is like, dude, we can't fight people's dads like that. <laughs> and Court Camille, the voice of reason. And Camille's like, what happened to you? Like, when are you like this? And Kurt's like, since yesterday. Like, <laughs> I'm a whole new person. <laughs> just very upfront about it. And Kurt says, when you see the truth, you can't unsee it, and apologizes. Then Camille's like, I'm surprised you wouldn't want to fight that guy again, though. Like, what he said was pretty fucked up, and Kurt's like, I want to stop fighting the patriarchy and start lifting the matriarchy. Oh, I forgot about that, and I did like that. And Camille says that they should do another girl skate, and offers to help since no one came the last time. And... They hug. And this gives me kind of movie feels from Skate Kitchen because Kurt and Camille had like more of a relationship in that than they do in the show. So I'm excited to see what happens with Camille and the other girls now that she's starting to realize the power of sisterhood or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. I'm glad to see that happening. And I also really like it coming full circle. Like, Camille is offering to help with the girl skate and be really involved with it. Like she's really realized uh, that she shouldn't have been so opposed to it all along. Indigo then brings the jacket to Farouk to cover the cost of the drugs and get him off the hook with Carl. And Farouk admits that he was Carl and made up the whole thing because Indigo doesn't respect him and Indigo's like, I did a fucked up modeling job and was racist because you lied to me. And he says, I want you to be honest. I know that you're rich and you're from, I don't remember where he says she's from, but she says she's from Soho. And he's like, look, I have your back. I'm a nice drug dealer. Don't be ashamed <laughs> Hustle like a rich girl. I originally was, like, really irritated with Farouk. I mean, not that irritated. But, like, a little bit irritated where I was like, why is he making up Carl if, like, he doesn't exist? Like, why is he putting Indigo in this situation? And then him saying, like, look, I'm worried about you hooking up with, like, working with other people who are going to, like, take advantage of you or be, like, a lot scarier. And so rather than view it as manipulative, I did feel like it came from a place of care. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe your execution wasn't the best there, uh, Farouk, but I do think ultimately he does care and is just trying to look out for Indigo. Yeah. And I uh, like that Farouk like, puts a jacket on at the end and they're like, uh, seem to have come to a good conclusion in their relationship. However, Indigo goes home and the same cannot be said there. Her mom is super pissed. That she stole a check uh, from her and thought she wouldn't notice. And her mom doesn't want any excuses and wants Indigo's keys. 
and said that her therapist said she has to go through with it. Um, and it's essentially kicking her out of the house. Um, so it makes you wonder how many boundaries of her mother's has Indigo been pushing and thinks so that she can get away with. I don't know. It's a tough balance. Like, I don't know how old Indigo is. But, you know, it, it's tough, I think, for parents to figure out the balance of, like, when do you stop enabling things from your child and hold them accountable, you know? Yeah, and this is why I was super interested because I would not advise a client to take such severe actions as changing the locks. And kicking unless... them out of the house. Like, I would never do that. Yeah, so I was just like, what has happened within their relationship? I'm like, either you have a shitty ass therapist or you have a therapist who's trying to support you after years and years of in- interactions and situations of poor boundary setting and um, inappropriate like interactions um, between her and Indigo. And so helping to empower her. Um, so I was just like, either there's been a lot of shit with Indigo or mama's got a bad therapist. And I couldn't, I don't know which it is, obviously. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm very interested to see what happens with that storyline um, moving forward. Uh, and then we go to Honey Bear and Janae printing flyers that Honey Bear made for the Girl Skate. And Janae asks Honey Bear what's going on with her and Ash. And um, Honey Bear says that she messed it up and things just happened. And Janae's like, have you talked about it? And Honey Bear just wants to drop it and not talk to Janae about it. And so um, even though Honey Bear isn't really forthcoming about things, I do like that we had this little conversation because I like that uh, it shows like she's fully part of the group and the girls care about her individually as well. Uh, But then they're passing out flyers and Tony Hawk is there. Um, I wondered if that was actually Tony Hawk. I was that like, is Tony that Hawk? Uh, I used to randomly watch X Games. I know what t- Tony Hawk looks like. But there's also a woman who I think must be a famous skater as well with Tony Hawk that pops throughout this. But I just don't know who she is. But I'm assuming she's a famous skater. And then um, we have a conversation uh, with... Camille and Indigo and she's like what do you need I I owe you for bailing me out um and Indigo's like I got kicked out and I need a place to stay and Camille's like oh let me talk to my dad uh and see if that's okay but Indigo's like hey do you want your dad to know I bailed you out like hook me up with a place (laughs) to stay here and so this is what I'm very interested about from the movie versus uh the show so in the movie Camille lives with her dad but then goes to like stay with her mom when she's older and her relationship with her mom fractures in the movie because of her like skating and doing things her mom doesn't approve of and she goes to live with Janae for a little bit and has like issues resolving that with her mom so obviously they've taken the mom issues part of that storyline and given it to Indigo so Mm -hmm. I'm really interested to see how Camille's backstory will differ in the show which I'm assuming we'll maybe get more into next season and to see how the relationship with Indigo and her mom continues. 
So uh, this was like a really interesting tidbit that I'm curious to see explored more in the next season. Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued to know a lot more about everyone's background. And then Kurt is putting flyers on tampon boxes at the convenience store from the premiere. And I thought that was really good advertising. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. I also thought it was really hilarious when the bodega owner is just like, hey, are you stealing? Like, isn't she like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, she thought she was Yeah, stealing. she's like, you better not be stealing. But when she finds out what it is, she like puts it up in the front of her store, which I thought was cute. But she's like, hey, people steal all the time. OK, I got to look out for myself. And I love the innovation of like using the USPS um, stickers, which are there for like for free um, for their advertisement because like they probably don't have money to advertise. I just thought it was innovative and creative. Of course. And Janae sees Donald and he's like, hey, I noticed you took the channel down and I get it. And he's trying to play like their friends. And it's like trying to talk about her skating or whatever. And then she's like kind of playing more cold and aloof with him so then he changes his tune and he's like hey you know i know i have to look at myself but i don't think i can do it without you janae will you please help me i can't do this without you and she's like so it's on me now mm-hmm. um and, and she he- tells him she's like it's not my job to help you uh you're not the victim here and i'm like yes janae tell him yeah, I just really love this interaction where he's like, I'm broken, Janae. And she goes, you look fine to me. <laughs> and, he, and then he's like, you know what I mean? And I just really liked her finally calling him out on that manipulation tactic. Mm-hmm. And then she blatantly calls him out for, like, tracking her down to find him. She's like, how did you even know where I was? Like, she's just calling him out left and right. And she's not really letting him use his manipulation tactics on her and he doesn't really know how to deal with that because he's like i need your help and she's like oh you so you're a victim now this totally made me think of like when you were describing it i was like what does this give me vibes of and then i remembered it made me think of when um Sergio and Lucho knew how to track um, Valentina. And I was like, that's creepy. (laughs) Exactly. Like, it's weird to just show up without talking to someone at a random place. Like, it's not okay. And then I really like that she ends the relationships that's like, I'm proud of you for wanting to get help, but you need to do that on your own. Good luck with that. Goodbye. I was so proud of Janae because... Like, it's just, it's complex. And I was just really proud of her. It's so complex to be able to do that. But also, you know, if you were ever friends with this person, then you should be able to call them on their shit and have them go self-reflect on their own if they actually want to be friends with you. So I'm very curious to see, like, is this the end of their relationship or will we see, like, Donald actually trying i don't really care either way like i could be done with donald and be perfectly fine um but i also wouldn't mind to see like donald trying to actually be a good person and be friends with janae um and like earn her respect back you know i don't really need a a redemption arc but i'm okay with it this got picked up for a second season you said right yeah Okay. Yeah, I hadn't really given too much thought to uh, Donald. I don't know if I want to see him again. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I think about it, but 
I'm sure they'll do a good job. Uh, I really like what they did with this season. Yeah, I I do too. Um, and so then we have uh, a girls hangout sesh. They're like talking about wax strip adventures. Um, and then Camille gets a text from Bambi and she doesn't know what to do with it. And then the girls are like, what are you doing? Why are you hung up on him? You need to ignore him. Um, and, and the girl is like trying to share her own tips for not reaching out. And it's like to change the name. So they're like passing around the phone, like changing his name in Camille's phone um, I think Indigo puts like big dick little wallet. <laughs> I don't remember everything that they do, but I definitely enjoy it as a friendship bonding moment. Um, I know I've experienced with my own friends where they've had those people in their lives where it's like, I need to stop communicating with them, but also I'm really struggling not to. So, hey, girls is my support system. Help me out. So I really appreciated that. Yeah, I really like that they make fun of him for being so pretentious. And I really like the end of the scene because you finally see Camille have a moment of not feeling lonely. Like, I think her whole journey through the season has been, like, feeling very lonely and trying to fill that void in all of the wrong ways. But here, just having, like, this moment of camaraderie, she's really getting to feel what that's like for the first time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is, like, healthy and legitimate instead of the manipulation of Bambi, like, which is inauthentic. And then we have uh, this video that Honey Bear sends Ash. um, And it's got a lot of the film that she took on their dates um, and clips of what she said on the dates and um, just, like, shots she took of Ash. Um, And she's... Like, through the camera, she's finally giving Ash a little bit of an insight to her Mm -hmm. and says she's sorry at the end. Um, And I thought it was very cute and very in Honey Bear's character to do something like this. Yeah, I think that I recognize that it is a very Honey Bear-esque way of... um, connecting and sharing and apologizing and I can appreciate it for that and also recognize that this would never work for me um so I can objectively I guess appreciate it um but personally I'd be done with honey bear yeah I think also though like Ash probably understands that this doesn't fix everything, but mm-hmm. Honey Bear is, like, extending an olive branch type of a thing. Like, uh, mm-hmm. it's a step forward, maybe. Um, because I don't think it's in Honey Bear's nature to be able to be fully vulnerable about the reasons why she acted the way she did yet. Yeah. Um, that's going to take some time. So, um I think I should say, like, I actually think it's a huge step for Honey Bear. Like, I think that's yeah. massive for her to do. And I, like, props to her for showing vulnerability in that way because it is vulnerability for her. And I think that, like, you know, um, compatibility-wise, I think that Ash can receive that and understand it. And I, I think it works really well for their dynamic. Yeah. And then the scene – I really like the scene after that where Honey Bear is, like, dancing on a rooftop while the sun sets just, like, by herself. And it's like this, it's a really interesting imagery for the complexity of Honey Bear's character. Like, 
she feels free, but also like hurt and restricted by her life at the same time, you know? And so she's like exploring that feeling and it's very well done, even though it's not like an explicit thing. There's so much subtlety in this show that I really appreciate. Kurt is skating on her way to the girl skate sesh and gets hit by a car door. Did that happen in the beginning? Because I feel like you told me she got hit by a car in the beginning. Um, I feel like she almost gets hit by a car in the beginning, okay. but doesn't actually get hit. No, we start with her getting a bruise. We showing a bruise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got like a massive bruise on her ass or something. So it's definitely a full circle thing. Uh, okay. And then um, the meetup is just like full of girls. A ton of people show up for the skate sesh. And they FaceTime Kurt in an ambulance. And they're like, oh, no, should we come to see you? And she's like, no, this is important. You need to stay with it and finish out our dream, our mission. Uh, and of course, Kurt is flirting with the paramedic while she's <laughs> getting to do. I was so like, okay, so I appreciate when things kind of do like the full circle thing. So I could appreciate it in that way. But I was also really sad that Kurt wasn't there to see the fruits of her labor. Like we went from Kurt, like I posted it about it. Like, I don't even know what the fuck she did in the beginning, but it was something like super half-assed. And Janae was like, what the fuck, Kurt? Like, no one's going to show. To like really taking initiative and making this a thing that was going to be successful. And I really wanted her to be able to be there and enjoy it. Um, but if I recall correctly, they like, do they keep the, her on video chat? While yeah. They skate? And that was beautiful to me. That was beautiful. I really liked it. Also, I guess, shows some growth in Kurt, too. Mm-hmm. That she is like, no, you need to, like, do this without me. And that she's able to, like, still be a part of it and appreciate what she's achieved. Um, Mm -hmm. It was really nice. And you just get a lot of, like, beautiful shots of them all skating together. And it was uh, really, like, visually beautiful. But I like how Janae is, like, talking to the girls and... They're like, Kurt's not going to make it. She got hit by our car. She's not going to make it. And, and it goes, she died? Like- <laughs> the fucking, like, the comedy of this show, like, kills me sometimes. Like, in just such a, like, like. The way Indigo know. delivered that, it was, like, all of the acting. Like, it was so funny. <laughs> it's just, like, and it's, like, I don't even know how to describe the humor, though. It's, like. I know this is obviously scripted, but it doesn't make me feel like I'm watching a scripted show. You know, like it just feels so off. Like, yes, you would have that fucking friend who's like, oh, shit, Kurt died. Like, it's just so real. I know. And that's what's so interesting. I like I'm very curious about how like they approach the show because it very much, you know, how like when you're having a good time with your friends and something's like really funny or whatever. And you're like, we should have our own show. We're hilarious. Yes. But obviously in a show form, it probably would not be funny at all. It's like only funny to your specific group. Uh huh. But like the show manages to capture this feeling that it's like, you're just with your friends having fun and it's really hilarious but it obviously takes so much work for that. I don't know how they do it, but they execute yeah. that feeling very well. I agree. I think that's exactly it. Is it, it just feels like friends hanging out with, in a very hilarious way. Um, and they, 
Ash shows up for the skate sesh. And so you see that she meets up with Honey Bear. So you're assuming that they're going to work on mending that relationship. Um, and then, you know, it's just nice montages. You see all different types of girls. They take over the whole skate park. It made my heart really happy because it was all types of women. Like earlier mm-hmm. when Kurt was passing out flyers, like she gave it to these girls and I don't remember who was with her, but they looked at her like, really, you're going to give it to that to them. And Kurt was like, oh, basic bitches might be into skating, too. Like, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that inclusion of like all female presenting people are invited to this. And we're not going to make assumptions about like your interest in skating. Like if you're interested, you'll come or you won't, you know. And so it was just like all types of women. I think it was like body shape, sizes, um, yeah. ethnicities. It was just a diverse group of women and it made me so fucking happy. Um, and I love that Kurt was a part of it even though she wasn't physically there and I agree with you about the growth. Like, it does show growth for Kurt. Um, so all of that made me happy. And then they uh, leave a board outside the door for the little girl earlier in the show, which is a very nice little conclusion there. Fucking like I am a mush ball, like really at the end of the day. Like mm-hmm. I am. I'm super soft. <laughs> um, especially when it comes to children. And so like her leaving that fucking board, I just wanted to cry. I was like, women supporting future women, this little girl's getting a board. I was so happy. <laughs> it was such a good conclusion. I just like really loved it. And I I liked that, like you don't have to do things necessarily in one way you know you can reach out in different ways like yeah they might not have been able to like teach this girl how to skate but they could leave her a skateboard and let her make her own decisions you know and mm-hmm. i think this show does a really good job about showing their different approaches to things and different timelines for people and um there's always a different way to learn and improve yourself and Honestly, just I loved watching a show about girls being friends, you know, and like legitimate friends like they cared about each other. Yes, they fuck up and make mistakes, but at the end of the day, they really do care and love for each other. And honestly, I love stuff about sisterhood. So it it made my day and I felt so cool. Like after I finished the show, I felt like. I'm cool. <laughs> I, I'm a cool person. Like, I could hang out with them. Uh, that didn't last very long. But, <laughs> like, that's kind of the way the show makes you feel. Like, it doesn't matter who you are or what you look like or what you like. Like, you can be a part of this, too. And that's pretty a pretty impressive job for a show. Yeah, I... I- I think I started watching this specifically because you told me to. (laughs) And so like, I didn't know what the show was about at all when I started. And I definitely started watching this and I was like, what the fuck is this show? Like, what is its point? Like, I didn't get it. It takes a minute for sure. Like while I enjoyed it, I just didn't get it because it's so different from what I'm used to watching on television, but I love it. I love how authentic it felt. I loved how real it was. And I loved how focused it was on women and women's stories and women's relationships. And like, I mean, fucking the finale. I fucking love this shit. Like, I was just so happy. So I'm glad you told me to watch this. It's like, <laughs> I'm glad I to have a friend who hooked me up with HBO. Yeah, it's like a continuing um, storyline, which is also very interesting. Um, because, like, while each episode wraps up, it's like for all of the characters, they have very strong through lines throughout the whole season um, on their story arcs. 
So, but it's such a short season. So it's almost like you watch a three hour movie rather than like mm-hmm. each episode. So you don't fully get what's happening until the end. Yeah. Um, but it was a, a great job from this show. I hope they, I don't know how the show works in COVID times. So uh, I still uh, hope that the show gets to continue and they get to keep telling interesting stories. So Thank you to the people from Betty for giving us a great show about friendship. I think it introduced me to a lot of um, actresses or actors that I was unfamiliar with and now adore in these roles. And I'm really glad that you had me watch it. I really liked it. And I'm excited that they got a season two. Yeah. And I don't want to underestimate like the storytelling great, but all these actors are great. They're fresh. They bring Mm -hmm. something new to TV, I think. But they're also pretty talented. Like, I thought they did a great job with the material each of them had. And I found myself invested in all of them, which mm-hmm. is also something I really like about TV these days. Like, earlier on in my TV watching career, I would just, like, find the people I loved and latch on to that. Mm-hmm. But now I really start to appreciate storytelling across all characters, even though I might have a favorite. Like, I want to be able to love all of them. So... I'm really glad that the show allows me to do that. So yeah, thanks. Thanks for the show. And thanks for listening to us talk about Betty, everybody. We are not making any promises, but we hope to be up with a new show soon and keep up with that a little more consistently. So we're going to do our best. We're going to try. So check us out on our social media, uh, This Lesbian Shit on Twitter, This Lesbian Ship on Instagram. You should rate and review us on iTunes. Um, I would love some reviews. I would love to hear what you all think about us. I know we're not perfect, so I'm not looking for you to, you know, fill me with lies. But <laughs> I'd love to hear your feedback. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. This lesbianship is intense. It's a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.